Come on, lift up Jesus in this place. And uh, he is here, by the way. Amen. I said he is here. Amen. And I'm also fully confident that we will not leave the same. Not because of the preacher or even the message, but just because God is here. Amen. I don't know if you feel it, but it's heavy in here. Praise God. Um, today it's, uh, I don't know if it's a, it's a preaching or it's a, I don't know if it's a message, but uh, I think God wants to just come down to our level and converse with us and with our hearts today. Amen. And uh, so we'll see how the spirit of God leads us. But um, if we have time, worship team, I want some more of that later. Whatever you guys were doing, it's absolutely spot on. Let's go to the word and uh, we'll get right into it. Isaiah chapter 43. It's a word that we all are familiar with. Um, we can start from verse 16 to 19. Um, it says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Or behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Emphasis here. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for you are already moving and you are already working. We are so grateful. We actually perceive your presence, Father God. We acknowledge that you are here. Um, and you have begun working, Father God. And your word says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So this place is yours. This space is yours. This time is yours. Our hearts are yours. Our minds are yours. So come and take control and give us receptive hearts and help the speaker this morning. We give you praise in advance in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Um, so I was telling the earlier service, maybe this message is for everyone. In a way, I know it's for everyone, um, but I also feel in my heart that it is also very personal. Um, depending on where you are in the journey um, that you have embarked with the Lord. Um, 
it could be a bit challenging, but I think the Lord intends to not really challenge us today, but to encourage us and to say, eyes watch you. I'm in this with you and I see you and I hear you and we're going to get through this. This being, as the prophet mentions here, the wilderness. And we're going to spend some time in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. So this might be for some of you that have received something from the Lord. Um, but you are in this place now. You are here now. You are in a season of quietness, maybe. And maybe you are in a season of waiting, but extended waiting. For some of you, it might have been weeks, months, years. The Lord has spoken, but where is He now? You are in this season and, 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 and you are led here. You believed Him, you stepped out. You heard it and you said Amen. Maybe you gave the loudest Amen in the room. But you are here now and, and He's quiet and you wake up the next morning and maybe it's the same and, or maybe most likely that things have begun to go south. And you've been waiting since. Uh, and maybe God keeps reminding you of the promise, but nothing changes. Why does God delay? Why does God delay? Why, why, so, some, sometimes, why, do, why does He even lead you there? Some of us, you know, the Lord actually, we've been following step by step. Careful not to miss, to miss a beat of what he says. But every step that you take seems to take you further and further from what has been said. And he leads us intentionally. Maybe he tells you sometimes, you know, you're ready to step on and he, he tells you, hold on just a minute. And a minute could be months, years. Maybe he tells you, stop, take a break. Don't go there. Don't talk to that person. Not yet. And you obey in hopes that, okay, this will be over. Maybe by this time next week, I come back to church and the Lord then will tell me, okay, now it's time. But he does it. Why? What's the point? Why does he walk us through this season of a little bit of barrenness, uncomfortable? Sometimes it's even funny, you can't explain it to people. That you make irrational quote-unquote decisions. But you know that God has put something in your heart. And you, you had to take that step. But it seems like God does not back you up at that moment, right? I don't know, like I said, maybe it's not for everyone. But it's more of what we have wrestled through a season. That is what I want to share with you. So why the delay? As a nation, why? 
There's a promise. We confess it every week. Why are we here? Why is your business here? Why, why is your school here? Why is your career here? Why the delay? Why is your marriage here? Why are the children here? The wilderness. But it's intentional. As we have read, God is saying, in that wilderness, I'm cooking something new. I'm forging something new. But in the wilderness, is God buying time for himself? Why do we wait? If you ask me, I, I, I personally don't like waiting. I hate queues and I hate lines. And if you live in Addis Ababa, you know, you need a thick skin. You know, we always argue with my wife, if I see traffic in a certain lane, that is even a shortcut. I'm one of those that choose to reverse. You know those people? Go the long way, then wait on that. I hate it. You know, a queue at the ATM, a queue at the grocery store, everywhere. It's like you don't get anything done unless you wait here, right? It's like, have you went to the gas station? One of, you know, things, you know, there are like 10 pumps in that station and only one works. And then we have to wait for one hour to get, it's like, what, what are you doing? There are like three ATMs and always only one works. Wait. So we, we, I'm not really graced with much patience with regard to that, but <laughs> still a work in progress. So I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not talking about this as if I'm, I've mastered waiting, but I think the Lord has shown me a thing or two why we need to and what he does through that process. So when we see Israel, if you remember while in Egypt, God visits them and, and God tells them, look guys, I'm taking you from here to there. You see that? He paints this beautiful picture of some utopia, milk and honey, free of labor, come on somebody. Especially when you are in Egypt, that seems unreal, right? Because you, you work day and night to get even just figs, right? To make some cinder blocks. But God comes and promises you milk and honey. The land itself makes it. And you say amen. But what happens next? You wait. And, and you are led straight into the wilderness. You see David, anointed, right, before his very brethren. What happens next? Wilderness until the throne, 30-something years. And you see even Jesus himself. He gets announced in public. Heavens open, Holy Spirit descend and say, Behold, my son whom I love, right? Listen to him. And then what happens? The Bible says, in fact, he did not stumble into the wilderness. He was led. 
so the new thing is in the wilderness but before god does the new thing why god needs the wilderness is to prepare the new you because the thing for god is easy snap of a finger one word and he created the heavens and the earth let there be right and he has created mysteries that we haven't uncovered till today then why does he need time he needs time for you and i to be ready for what he's about to do that's it we need the wilderness we need the time because we can't change overnight i can't prophesy your transformation right now and say thus says the lord it's a process it's a journey and he puts us there so that he can get the new us the new wine skin for the new wine but it's challenging indeed is it a journey yes is it long yes but is it worth it yes in fact i was looking into the different seasons that we go through as we go in the in, in the wilderness is that if you look into the book of habakkuk you see habakkuk's turmoil the different phases that his soul goes through witnessing everything around him and if you look at chapter 1 he says the the theme of chapter 1 rather is complaints i call it the why the phase of the why why lord are you quiet why am i here why is this happening why are you delaying why why can't i do that like everybody else why am i not there like everybody else why 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 did you say and why do you delay why am i here am i do i deserve this i didn't i obey you you're wrestling with god sometimes you wrestle with yourself and you even question am, am i am i right am i okay did i hear right am i believing right is this faith did god really say complaint 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 you don't like you question everything have i been doing this right that's the first phase but then you see chapter 2 it has its own theme and then habakkuk chooses now then to refrain himself and to believe and he says the first thing he says on chapter 2 is i will wait fine lord i will trust you i will wait for the thing i will i will stand and wait to see what you will say and what you will do tabqalo i will wait for it that's another phase i will wait but then there's the third chapter and a third theme but then habakkuk says 
Actually, Lord, it doesn't matter. Whether you do it or not, I choose to rejoice. I choose to worship you. I choose to follow you because of who you are. You are sovereign. That's the place that God wants us to be. It's not about you. I'll say it again. It's not about you. So he kills you in the wilderness. It's not about it. He also kills it in the wilderness. And it becomes just about him. And then he says, now I can trust you. He says, whether the sheep are in the pen, whether there's wine in the vineyard, whether this or that, I will rejoice. I will worship. I will follow. I will obey, Lord, because you are enough. So the Lord walks us through this season, step by step. So then, what does he accomplish? through the wilderness the first the first thing he works in you is dependence complete reliance on him complete reliance and dependence on God so that's why when he walks you through this season of the wilderness he begins to withdraw everything that you used to lean on until there's nothing left but for you to wait and depend on God on a daily basis on a daily basis he withdraws and he pulls everything out removes everything you used to rely on you're taught dependence and he teaches you to live in complete reliance and trust in God that you have to trust Him for the next hour, you have to trust Him for the next day. You, you, you don't, there, here there is no such thing as a long-term plan or a short-term plan. Like you do not know what next week holds. But you trust Him minute by minute. It's like, Lord, should I go out? Should I stay? Should I pick this? Should I leave it? Dependence. It goes, should I eat that or not? Should I meet them or not? Should I hire or should I fire? He teaches you dependence. Complete dependence. A few years back, I, I met a friend of ours that is in ministry and I really admire her. She's done a lot for the kingdom and she comes in and she asked her, so what's up, you know, what's next for her ministry because there's always something big going on with her. And she said, Misu, no, I'm in this season. The Lord told me to just sit tight. She said, I've left everything and I'm just waiting on the Lord to show me what is next. She said, it's been tough. 
So, okay, and I hear that story. I thought that was amazing. Little did I know we were walking to the same journey. But then I was asking her, so are you free next week? And she said, no, me, so I don't know. <laughs> I like it. She said, she, th she told me, I'm actually living on a need-to-know basis. Never heard that before. I, I cannot tell you what next week holds for me. Need to know every day. She said, this morning I woke up and the Lord told me to meet you. So we're having coffee. Not sure what the next morning or next week is going to hold. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying that this would be a, a lifestyle, but the Lord puts us for a season to train us to listen. To depend on his counsel. Just to be led on a daily basis. Sounds foolish? Yes. But that's exactly what God intends to teach you. This is a very uncomfortable place for the mind. Because the mind has to know. It's built to know. The unknown is a threat to the mind. So it always will tell you withdraw, flee, you are in harm's way. But God is teaching you actually to your, he's teaching your mind to give into the heart, to the spirit. Because that is how it was designed to be. In fact, even biologically, both we were learning, Dr. Salam was telling us even that, she, she asked us, how do you think? Like, where, where do our thoughts come from? And everybody said the mind. But she actually said, it's from the heart. And she said, there are more neurons or whatever that they are called that go from the heart to the brain than from the brain to the heart. So even biologically, we are wired for the heart to lead. That's why God speaks to the heart. That's why we believe in our hearts, not in our minds. So even your mind is taught to follow the heart in the wilderness. So God removes defaults from your life for a season. So you live in unpredictability for a season. For you to be trained to rely on the unction of the Holy Spirit. One of my friends shared to me in the same season he was going through. Was in ministry and said, Misu, I've left everything to God. And he told me, We're act I'm actually being just led by the wind. And I said, I told him, what do you mean? He said, you remember just like Paul? You know, they were, they were on their way to Rome in a boat. And then a storm comes, wrecks the ship. And they keep trying to puddle their way out of the storm. And Paul says, after some time, we just gave up and we were being led by the wind. Which is, it says, we actually got blown away wherever the wind No, I'm not, I'm not condoning or reinforcing complacency. But like I said, when it's by design, when it's for a season, it is for a mission. So God teaches you dependence. Psalms 23 was written in the same season. 
David was not in the throne when he was writing, the Lord is my shepherd. He was actually in the shadow of the valley of death. Is that, is that what he says, right? But he leads me through it every day. You go and ask a sheep, what, what are you doing tomorrow at 3 p.m.? What would he tell you? Go ask the shepherd, right? Because he knows where the pasture is for that day. He leads me through that season. Every day. He nourishes my soul. And, and it's, you know what the weird thing is, guys? Like even in the midst of this unknown and darkness, you feel his presence. Okay, I guess I'm the only one, but... Honestly, because that's why David said, he, he restores my soul. I'm in the valley, but my soul is not lacking. In fact, I'm more receptive here than I've been to his spirit and to his voice than anywhere else in life. He leads me every day. He sets up a table before me in the presence of the unknown. I'm sustained somehow. It's not like the old days where I, when I know when the next paycheck is coming, where, where, you know what I mean? Where, where I can predict my life, but I'm sustained. There's a table every day. Somehow I make it through the day. Somehow I make it through the month. Dependence. The next thing the Lord does this could pinch you a little bit, but he walks us through the long journey of the wilderness to kill something inside of us. To kill rebellion. When I mean rebellion necessarily doesn't mean Amazon. You know what I mean? Where you, are, you get up and chant something against the Lord, but <laughs> it's something that God does not want to cross over to the promised land he nips it in the bud in the wilderness gracefully sometimes you don't even notice how some of the things have disappeared but things begin to surface and you get shocked where did that come from in the wilderness because it's quiet there's no destruction there's no noise you can't masquerade your way through the little ghosts you have inside so you, you sometimes you, you, you feel, it's like, where did this anger come from? Why am I so bitter? Where's this offense coming from? He shows it to you and he just washes it gracefully. Where's this pride coming from? Where's this false identity? Some of us, we, we, we have, we have, our identity has been mixed up with what we do. And that's why the Lord tells you to stand down. We got to sort this thing out. You are not what you do. You are not your title. So he will rid you of it for a season. But you are my son. You are my daughter. Period. That's where everything begins. Kills rebellion. On Joshua 5. Um, verse we can go down there it says the Israelites had moved out in the wilderness 40 years until all the men 
who were of military age when they left Egypt had died. Look at that. Since they did not, they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord has sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us and a land flowing with milk and honey. So the Lord kept these people intentionally in the wilderness until all rebellion was Forty years. So there had to come another generation that was willing to obey and submit to God in the wilderness before. It is that generation that inherited. It's not the generation that even said yes and amen. That heard the promise first. There was a generation that was birthed in the promised land. So this is our journey. That is the character that will inherit what God has spoken over you. And that's what he does in the wilderness. The next thing he does is birth intimacy. There's dependence, there's killing rebellion, and then there's intimacy. In the, in the wilderness, it's just you and him. You and him. Like I said, there's no position. There's no busyness. There's nothing. But just you and him. That's why our, one of our favorite verses is in Hosea 2.14. The Bible says, well, God is speaking to his people. And he's saying, therefore, I am now going to allure her. Slowly lead her into the wilderness and there I will speak tenderly to her. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will take her to the wilderness and I'll speak to her heart. So it's heart to heart in the wilderness. You fall in love with Jesus all over again in the wilderness. It just becomes all about him in the wilderness. Masks are off. Idols are removed. Say, so she will call me my husband. Not master anymore. That you will not find yourself toiling for God. Like you are some hired manpower. But... It's all, it all becomes about intimacy. It's a, it becomes about doing it with him rather than doing it for him. You are allured into the wilderness and that is what God is working in that delay, in that waiting, in that silence. And ultimately though, What God wants to see in this season is complete surrender to Him. To who He is. To the sovereignty of the living God. Because ultimately, be it the promise or you, it's all for His glory. He'll do it for your glory, not even for your own sake. And he does not 
do any compromises when it comes to his glory. So he will keep you there until you realize that it's all about him. It is all for his glory. So God does not have to do it the way you intend for him to do it. In the timing that you intend for him to do it. It's like Lord any minute now. You know maybe it's for Christmas God is delaying right. Maybe it's next Easter resurrection come on somebody. You can't time it. Or maybe it's that person. It's through that person. Or maybe it's in that country. No sir. He does it his own way. Because he does it for his glory. So that nobody can lay claim in what God is about to do. Same thing in our nation. That God waits and he's delaying so that he can manifest his glory through the season. So that no, man, no man's hand interferes in what he's about to do and in what he's doing. That's why Habakkuk finally realized that it's all about him and he said, regardless, Lord, you are sovereign and I choose to worship you and I choose to glorify you and I choose to follow you. You are sovereign. Same thing with Job. After the long wilderness season that he had, losing everything that he has and the Lord keeps quiet but finally and he says, now I know that you can do all things any way that you want to. And the Bible says, then the Lord restored Job. And even the famous story of Martha, um, Lazarus' death. Isn't it amazing? Like the Lord delays because he loves us. How ironic is it? That they come and tell him, the one you love is sick. And he chooses to hang out just a little bit more. That sometimes delay is not as they say, denial. But it could even mean affection because he loves you so much that he wants to reveal his glory through what you're going through. But he's waiting for the ideal time for him. For him. To take you out of that wilderness. The Bible says he delayed. Did he know that he's about to die? Yes. Did he die? Yes. Did he know that? Indeed. Were people hurt in the process? Yes. Were they broken? Yes. Did they even begin doubting that God loves them? Yes. That's what was going through to Martha and Mary, right? When Jesus came. And they were weeping. But what's interesting is that Jesus even was not detached from what they were feeling. The Bible even says that Jesus wept with them, but still stuck to his course. Was not swayed by the wailing, but he was moved. Meaning it's, it's, it's God is not far removed from what you are going through right now. He understands. The Bible says our high priest, right? He's been tested with everything except sin. So he does indeed understand fear, anxiety. He does. 
He understands. Sometimes it could be depression. I, I, I meet with a lot of people and I see people going through this season and, and, and they tell me stories and, and he knows that is hard, but he still chooses his glory. And finally, when he realizes that nothing is more important than his glory, and him having his way and his will and doing it his way and the way he wants to. But the moment he realizes that you have reached that moment, then he begins to work for you to take you out of the season that you are going through. And you see how seamless that process is. The moment God begins to work, he begins to lead you out. And he begins himself now to reintroduce the vision, the idea. He begins to remind you. The moment you drop it, God says, okay, now you're ready. So he begins to bring back that plan to remind you of that promise. Because now there's a turn in season that is happening. Hallelujah. And and the other thing that he does is then he begins to send even people, unexpected people into your life. In the wilderness. Connections that you never labored for. Doors you never bother try to open begin to open for you. Effortlessly. Because the season is turning. And you see unprecedented favor working on your behalf. That's why, that's why you see the story of David after this long season in, in the wilderness. The Bible says while he was in Ziglag in the wilderness, the Bible says mighty men began to come and join David. Meaning that spell of loneliness and banishment was coming to an end. And one sign was that he was finding himself in the, in the midst of great men that were ready to propel him into whatever God has seen for him. These mighty men, warriors that were good with the spear and shield came to David. And if you see David's ascent to the throne, it was so effortless. David never killed for the throne. In fact, the crown came to David in the wilderness, in Ziglag, in his cave. They brought the crown and they said, behold, David reign over us and we will defend you with all that we have. So will you trust God with your journey? That's why I said in the beginning the it is very easy. The crown will find you wherever you are. But let him finish the work he's doing in you. You are his project. Not the project. We wrestle with our project, but God chooses to wrestle with you and I so that we can be ready for whatever project he has. Because both are his, regardless. So a new you or the new thing in the wilderness. So your crown is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's secure. 
They came and they made him king in Hebron. They came and they made him king over Jerusalem. Did nothing. A new thing. A new thing. But a new you for the new thing. But today, church, God wants us to realize that whether he does it or not, he is still God. He still sits on the throne. Whether we see Ethiopia blessed or not, he's still God. Amen. Whether the visitation happens or not, that is the place where God wants our hearts to be. Just on him. Whether that ministry prospers or not, whether the business turns around, whether the husband behaves or not, or the wife <laughs> behaves or not. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. He is sovereign and he's still worthy of your worship. Amen. Can we stand up, church? Hallelujah. Because this morning, hallelujah. It is not about that thing. It's about you. It's about him. Hallelujah. 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 Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why the Lord told Abraham, I am your portion, Abraham. Do not worry. Your portion is safe with me. It is safe with me. What I'm looking for is you, your heart, Hallelujah. And your complete surrender to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I thought it was really prophetic that we were singing that last song. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we all stretch out our hands to the heavens? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But as a sign of surrender to God's will. Hallelujah. Sometimes I say, thank you, Lord, for the delay. Thank you for making me wait. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for this process. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for, for even delaying over our nation. We don't understand. It seems like it's getting worse, but we trust him with the process. Hallelujah. He's setting us up perfectly for his glory. Perfectly for his glory. That even all nations will see what he's about to do and say, this is nothing but the hand of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he waits and waits and waits. And same with your life. Hallelujah. He's waiting until... It's clear and obvious that God has done that thing for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Father, we choose to worship you today regardless because you are Yahweh. Hallelujah. You are Yahweh and you sit on the throne. Hallelujah. Because you are glorified and because you are able, Father God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father God. Regardless of the season of the soul, right now, Father God, we choose to give you glory. We choose to give you praise. Hallelujah. We worship you with self-abundant, fully surrender to your will and to your timing over our lives, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let's take a moment and worship him. Hallelujah. Let him do his thing. Hallelujah. In fact, hallelujah. If, 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 
if you find yourself in this season hallelujah could even be prophetic that maybe you can come forward here hallelujah as a, as as by faith it could mean that you are stepping out of the season but this altar is is just free for you to come and worship god together hallelujah because you are coming out you're not staying in this season but let god finish his work hallelujah so feel free to come forward and we'll just worship god together we'll exalt yahweh together hallelujah thank you jesus